Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Ned Reynolds, Mikey intern in the studio, halfway point of the week, and it's time to talk about the three inductees into this year's Hall of Fame. What do you think? A great class, absolutely great class of players who are headliners, but yet they're not the everyday people you talk about. Adrian Beltre, of course, had 21 years in the big leagues with the Dodgers and the Seattle Mariners, mostly, however, with the Texas Rangers. But gosh, what a great player! He did have an under five, uh, under uh, three hundred, I should say, batting average of about two eighty six. But gosh, seventeen hundred RBIs, four hundred seventy seven career home runs. Interestingly enough, Beltre, while an outstanding third baseman, never was an MVP. Nonetheless, great player, a great leader, and a guy who really did it all. Now, Todd Helton of the Colorado Rockies is the second Colorado Rocky to make it into the Hall of Fame. Larry Walker was the first. Helton had 17 seasons all with Colorado. Of course, uh, some longtime college football fans remember him as a quasi-All-America at Tennessee as a quarterback. But baseball was his, was his game. He made five all-star appearances, three gold gloves, had an average, a career average, 17 years, 316. And then probably the, the one who I really like more than any is Joe Maurer, who spent his entire 15-year career as a catcher with the Minnesota Twins. And his, his marks really kind of fall under the radar, six times an all-star, and he is the only, now get this folks, the only catcher in history to win three batting titles. The only one ever to win three batting titles. This is catcher, and the only catcher in the American League in history ever to win a batting title. Guy was super. He had, oh gosh, he's American League Most Valuable Player in 2009. Five Silver Slugger Awards, had a uh, a lifetime batting average in 15 years is 306, and and a, and a guy who really deserves it. So those three make it into the Hall of Fame, and it is an extremely good class. I can't believe what's his face was never an MVP. That blows my mind, but it also <laughs> goes to show you the validity of that voting system. Sometimes. And the era in which he played. <laughs> also, the competition, yes, that is very true. Kind of an unusual move for the NBA recently. What do you think about this one? This is a guy named Adrian Griffin, who is a rookie coach. Rookie coach with the Milwaukee Bucks. He coached 43 games. His team won 30 of those 43 games. They fired him yesterday. Now, what on earth is this? Well, apparently... He couldn't, according to the Bucks, he could not connect with the players. In other words, they didn't. That, that's the nice way of saying they hated his guts. Wanted him out of there. They weren't going to play anymore for him. This includes their big all-pro star who said, hey, I don't like this guy. We're, we're not getting anywhere. Yet they were 30 and 13. Well, come on. You're kidding? Well, apparently there's a reason why. And Mr. Griffin... Uh, is no longer employed by the Milwaukee Bucks, and we'll see what they do. Probably going with Doc Rivers. Yeah, I was literally going to say it was so fast because I was like, whoa, they're getting rid of... Dang, that's... Oh, my God, they already know who they're going. This is like almost like it was premeditated. <laughs> uh, so, finally, um, the Tigers... Were they able to pull one out yesterday? They did not. Missouri goes down to College Station, Texas, plays Texas A&M, which is not a very good team at all. But Missouri can't win in the SEC. They're 0-6 on the year. Now, get this. Missouri should have won the game. They they had the good stats, shot almost 40%, not literally that, about 38%, which is 
a little bit better than average for a game. Texas A&M shot under 30%. And you take a look at the number of field goal, number of trays, and so forth and so on, and they're about to wash. Wait a minute. How did Texas A&M win? <laughs> look at the fouls, guys. 27 of 37 trips for Texas A&M to the foul line. 27 shots, and they made them from the foul line in 37 attempts. Missouri was 7 of 10. Oh, my. What a disparity there. But it translates into a loss, and Missouri's still looking for that first conference win. Crazy. Not too good. And Missouri State Bears have got a true test tonight on the court. Bears have not played well, and we've made mention of that many times. They're just simply not together. I think they have the players, but something is amiss. But tonight they get a chance to right the ship because they are playing the number one team in the Missouri Valley Conference, Drake. Drake is really, really good, folks, and they've already thumped the Bears once. So we'll see what happens here when they take the court at the Great Southern Bank Arena here in town. Drake has themselves an outstanding singular player. Now, they're all good, don't get me wrong, but Tucker DeVries is the coach's son, number one coach is Darian DeVries, who himself was a great player. But Tucker DeVries is really something special, probably headed for the NBA next year. Tall, uh, a guy who has a great basketball acumen and puts it into full effect because he leads his team. That's who the Bears play tonight at 7 o'clock. A great chance for the Bears to come together play like they can and give Drake a very hard time. Can they do it? That's why this is a barometer for the Bears because we're into the second half of the season now and you're getting close to tournament time, which is the first weekend in March. It's time to get well and get well in a hurry. 110%, I agree. Are you going to be uh, opening Shane Ed tonight? Shane Ed will be at the ballpark. All right, let's go. <laughs> All right, um, you know, the one thing I love about my Kansas City Chiefs is that the culture in that building, in that city, and on that team for the last six years has been pretty consistent. Next man up, and you see a bunch of guys, especially in this instance that we're about to mention, um, that didn't get a whole lot of playing time this season, get thrown into a divisional playoff game, and then have to ball out against a very tough offense. When Mike Williams went down early against the Bills, I was scared. But then... That cornerback comes in and takes care of business. And I had never heard of him. I didn't even, didn't even recognize him. I said, who's this guy out there playing? Well, he played well. His name is Shamari Connor. He was a fourth-round draft pick by the Chiefs from Virginia Tech. And you're right, he didn't get a lot of, lot of action at all. But when the injuries began to crop up, well, you're going to call on the depth, and that's where Kansas City's pretty good. They have a very deep team. Well, this guy, Chamari Connor, comes in there, plays most of the game against the Buffalo Bills on defense, a defensive back, and does very well. So, uh, obviously, Coach Reed is extremely pleased with this turn of events. And should some of the guys not be able to answer the bell on Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens, well, the, the depth is there to be able to replace them, and that's very important. That's where championship teams are. How many cornerbacks can we have on the field at once? <laughs> Maybe all, all of them. All of them. The way they're playing, man, I'm telling you, I would love to have that, especially against a very, very tough Ravens offense on Sunday. Uh, last but not least, uh, we did have some more college basketball games last night. Any surprises there? No, yeah, well, there certainly were. I, I can't explain Kentucky. Kentucky is a, a team of all outstanding players. Now, they're all young because that's how John Calipari uh, recruits his team. They're all young, but 
Hey, to go to South Carolina. And South Carolina's come on. They're playing pretty well. Gamecock 79, Kentucky 62. That is a thrashing that nobody expected. Houston. Houston University is in its first year in the Big 12 Conference. Well, they went out to Pro, actually to, uh, to uh, Provo, Utah to play Brigham Young in the Marriott Center last night. And Brigham Young's a nationally ranked team. Trailing most of the game, Houston came from behind and knocked off Brigham Young 75-68 to in Provo, Utah. And then the big one that really surprised me, Norman, Oklahoma. The Sooners are 11th in the country. They're playing very well. And who do they play last night? How about their arch rivals, Texas? And the Longhorns go in to Norman, Oklahoma, and knocked off the Sooners 75-60. to That is a very interesting score. And the basketball Basketball this year, Mike, is there's a great parody around the country, and I think it's showing itself now. It's a changing of the guard. We see it all the time, my friend. I will see you manana.